In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the beginning of the month of Kiyach, and the readings are so rich and filled with the glory of God, filled with His promises, filled with His love, filled with His care. But you have to understand how we are approaching it and what the Church is trying to teach us during this process. I hope you'll pay attention. Uh, I know you always pay attention, but I hope you'll take especially uh, more attention at what I'm going to say about the readings because it's important for us, in order for us to benefit from this season of the year. The Church is telling you, look, do certain things so that you can benefit from this time. I want you to understand that the Church in her wisdom has selected these readings to, um, to give um, flavor to this season, to give flavor. Uh, first off, the Pauline Epistle is very important for the four weeks of, of Giyach. The four weeks are taken from the Book of Romans. And the Book of Romans, not just generally, but the very specific chapters to speak to us about the Gospel, the good news of Jesus' coming, and to speak to us about the righteousness of God. The key verse for today, forgive me, I didn't stand up to uh, alert you to this, but now you have the opportunity to go back today and read. But the key verse in today's Gospel, sorry, in today's Pauline Epistle taken from Romans, chapter 1, this is not just only the key verse for this chapter, but it's the key verse or one of the most important verses for the entire book of Romans, to understand the entire book of Romans. I'm giving you a two-for-one, right? I'm giving you not only the message of Kiach and today's Pauline Epistle, but also uh, the key to the unlocking the book of Romans. St. Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the good news of Christ's salvation. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and for the Greek, because it first went to the Jews and then it went to the, the Greek or the Gentile or the pagan, the non-Jew basically. First to the Jew and then to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as, as it is written in the book of Habakkuk, the just shall live by faith. Um, or the righteous by faith shall live, is another way of translating it. And I spoke a lot about righteousness last year, and I will come again to this word righteousness um, uh, maybe in the, in the third week. The first chapter is what is read today. The third chapter is read next week. And then it continues in the third week with the fourth chapter. So you have chapters 1, chapters 3, and four in the in the third week, and the uh, second and third week, and then in the fourth week you have the epistle of uh, the Romans chapter nine, and all of these have a special message to us, speaking about salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The Pauline epistle will will focus on a little bit more in the weeks to come. But there you have it, the book of Romans, the church is saying, hey, it's a good idea to study during this month the book of Romans, to study it and to study it deeply. Um, and uh, anyone who wants recommendations on books, commentaries to study, see me and I'll be happy to give you three or four. Uh, number two, 
we have the Psalms. The Psalms that are being selected from the evening, last night, this morning, and uh, a few moments ago, are taking us on a progression. The progression being from uh, the call, the, the sort of prayer or petition, which we see at the very beginning, a cry for help, last night's uh, Psalm, Psalm 12, one, verses 1 and 3. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you turn away your face from me? Look on me, hearken to me, Lord my God, lighten my eyes, lighten my eyes. This prayer, we say this in the morning, we pray it in our, in our morning prayers. How long, O Lord, will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I have this sorrow in my heart? This is the prayer of all of Israel. This is the prayer of all of humanity, waiting for God to act and to save. And we're going to get into this, this idea of Israel and humanity. Uh, when we look to Zechariah and what was going on at the time in Israel when Zechariah entered the temple. But this is a prayer basically, God, save us, save us. Send down your light, send down your truth. The morning, in the morning raising of incense, the psalm was taken from 101, Psalm 101, verse 19 to 21. The Lord looked upon the earth from heaven to hear the groaning of the fettered ones, to proclaim the name of the Lord in Zion and His praise in Jerusalem, to proclaim the name of the Lord in Zion and His praise <coughs> in Jerusalem. And this is also the response of our, of our God, of our Father, listening to the groanings and the petitions of the people to come down and to save them. And then we have, a few moments ago, we heard the psalm being chanted, You will arise and have mercy on Zion, for it is time to have mercy upon her, for the Lord shall build up Zion and shall appear in His glory. And we hear now the answer of the prayer that the Lord will appear in His glory. We have also the, the readings of the Gospel are taken for these four weeks from the Gospel of Luke chapter 1. That first chapter is divided up into four weeks. And in those four weeks we have today the Archangel Gabriel coming to Zechariah. Next week we'll have Archangel Gabriel going to St. Mary. The third week we'll have Mary going to Elizabeth, and the fourth week we'll have the birth of, of John the Baptist. Now what was going on in Israel during this time? I love this story about Zechariah and Elizabeth. I don't know if I can explain it, but something about it hits me very deeply. You have Zechariah, who is um, a humble, righteous uh, man. He's a, he's a priest. Some traditions have that he was not just the priest, but the high priest. He was the high priest at that time. And not only was, you know, when you think about the high priest, and that gets passed from uh, father to son, that John the Baptist himself was to be the high priest, but he rejects it. Zechariah is the, the high priest, and he and his wife have lived a humble life. 
where they have served God and it said that they were both found to be righteous and in serving and doing that which was pleasing to God. They were good people. They walked in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blamelessly. And Zechariah, he, he goes and he receives this promise from the Lord. Now it's, it's, there's a funny part to this. Zechariah, what they would do when the high priest would enter the temple is they would tie a rope around him because any mistake in the temple, any mistake in the Holy of Holies would be death. And so nobody was allowed to go in and anyone who entered would also be subject to death. No one was to enter except the high priest. So they had this rope and a bell. So they would, they would know if something happened, they would pull the high priest or pull the priest out uh, in case he died. And so what's also funny is that Zechariah is seeing this angel appearing and probably no doubt he was scared he did something wrong. Uh, and that there was death, uh, maybe, possibly death. But he has this conversation with Archangel Gabriel. And before we get to this conversation, uh, let me just set up what, what's happening here is that for 400 years before Zechariah, 400 years before that, there was nothing from God. There was no word, there was no angel, there was no vision, there was no prophecy. For 400 years, the heavens were silent. And they were waiting uh, on the Lord. And in the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, the last verses of this book, be end with a prophecy of John the Baptist. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a curse. And we heard this today. We heard this today from Zechariah, or from the angel, who says, I'm bringing you glad tidings. You will have a son. And, um, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts and the of the fathers to the children. And what's beautiful about this happening with Zechariah is that the name Zechariah itself means God remembers. God remembers. God remembers his vow, his covenant, his promise to the people of Israel. What is he remembering? What is the promise? God <clears throat> describes himself in the Old Testament as the husband of an adulterous wife. But what is, what is in God's relationship with his people is that no matter what, God is always faithful. God remembers his promise to his people. And what's beautiful about this is that Elizabeth's name means vow or promise. So that we have Zechariah's name meaning the Lord remembers and we have Elizabeth's name meaning vow or promise. 
or, or sorry, vow or promise or oath. And then we have John, which means gift from God. And we have even in the names, the Lord is pointing to how he is remembering his promise and what is happening today and what is happening now. So Aaron, uh, so Zechariah goes as the high priest to raise incense in the temple and he witnesses the, this act of God that he remembers. And now he's, he's, um, he, there is doubt in his heart, there is lack of faith. Um, we're not going to put Zechariah down for this. Uh, he, he's a holy and righteous man. And the punishment that he is given, I don't, I, I sometimes, a lot of times I'm very envious of this. God forgive me and hopefully it doesn't happen to me. But he is plunged not only that he can't speak, but he can't hear. And that's the, the Greek understanding, is that he can't hear and he can't speak. So he's plunged into silence. Think about it. They, they could have just said to him, are we going to call his name John? But they, they couldn't communicate with him, so he got a tablet and they had to write it down. Uh, so he no longer can hear and speak, and he's given nine months of just meditating on everything. And then he's going to erupt like a volcano when John is born. And you hear this beautiful canticle, this beautiful praise that comes out in the fourth week, but that comes only from that, those those months of silence and of not communicating. Is it a punishment or was it a gift from God to allow him? Most likely it was a sign. Look, this is what's going to happen to you and it's going to be to your benefit. And of course he lingers in the temple and he lingers for, uh, and he comes out and they, people perceive that he's there for us, uh, that he saw a sign. And then it says, um, and I got emotional at this. It says, this is a verse that usually when a priest dies, they put this verse. So I was remembering priests that passed away. That um, as soon as the days of his service were completed, he departed to his own house. Um, and that's a way that we remember the priests in their service. And I'm not, I'm not crying about my own self. I'm just crying about those who have faithfully administered the priesthood and have de departed to their own house. And he goes, and, and Elizabeth conceives, and she hides herself. And this is a beautiful, holy time of silence, of meditation, of, of contemplating the work of God. And my point, all of this, I want to present this to you as this today and this month is a time of holy contemplation on what God has done and what God is doing. That during this period of Advent, we're not pretending that we don't know what's going to happen. We know that Jesus Christ was born, and yes, He was born thousands of years ago, but we're saying today, in this time, that we're preparing ourselves as if on Christmas to, to, to witness the birth of Jesus again. To witness it new. And this is what we do in the liturgy. This is what liturgical life is. We remember. And when we remember, we make the event present. On Christmas when we come, we'll come to, Jerusalem, uh, to Bethlehem. And we'll say, today we are in Bethlehem. And hail to Bethlehem. Because this is where Christ is, is being born. Now, of course, 
our society, and in fact, I would say the devil being at work, does not want us to meditate on the birth of Christ, does not want us to spend our evenings reading our Bibles, reading the prophecies, reading the spiritual books, does not want us to come in the evenings to church if there are services. We are going to be kept busy during this period of time. You have holiday parties, you have uh, inviting over to in-laws' houses, and then we got to go to our own houses, and then we have to do gift-giving here and gift-giving there, and before we can even get into the gift-giving, we have to spend our time uh, looking for gifts, purchasing gifts, and all of that, there's something good in it, there's something good in it, and I'm not putting that down, but oftentimes the good can be turned in a way that is negative, in a way that is taking us away from the point. Uh, and in your, in your lives you can see this, where something is being done that's, that's good and has good intentions and everything is good behind it, but 10% of it shifts to the right and we find that it's not as good as we had intended it to be. becomes a disaster. And so what we do is we spend our time trying to faithfully um, keep the commitments of our families and our friends and our homes, and we lose this opportunity to meditate on these readings, to read the book of Romans, to understand it, and if not, just reading the first nine chapters of the book of Romans, and then from 12 to 16. There's a couple chapters in there that could be confusing, but to spend time, to actually make time that we're going to do this, to make time that we're going to meditate on the love of God, because this is a love story. This is a love story between us and God, and we are remembering that love story again. It's as if we're saying to, to the church, tell us, the church who is our mother, tell us again that story, that beautiful story about how God loves us and what He did for us. And that if we spend these days in fasting, in prayer, in meditation, if we send these, spend these days like this, then we are preparing ourselves for Jesus Christ, who we call the King of Peace. We say to Him, O oh, you King of Peace, grant us your peace. Render unto us your peace. Forgive us our sins. That the peace of God comes to those who are focused on Christ and who are making Christ real in the homes, real in the heart, real in our lives. This is the only source of peace for us. And that as Christ comes, He hears our cry, right? Remember the Psalms? How long, O Lord, will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? Look upon me and hearken to me. O Lord, my God, enlighten my eyes. And then we have the response, The Lord looked upon the earth from heaven to hear the groaning of the fettered ones. This is all what's going on in this season. And I can only point you to that. I can only give you the opportunities. I can only, you know, as they say, uh, don't take insult to this, right? There is a saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. I'm not calling anybody a horse, right? The idea behind it, right? If there's another one. If the person has the memory of an elephant, right, which is good, right? It's not saying anything about their size, or what they look like. Uh, 
But the idea is that all of these opportunities are there. None of us are without Bibles. None of us are without means or modes of transportation. We can turn it, tune into all of this stuff all the time, anywhere. But he who has ears to hear, let him hear. The person who can do that, blessed is that person if they do it. This is the season. This is the season of God's love being shared with us. Let us focus on that love. Let us not get tied up with all of the other nonsense, which is a major distraction from what is the true point and intention of this season. Whatever we do, let us do with love, because no, I, I don't imagine that anyone's going to leave here and say, we're not putting up the Christmas tree, we're not going to give gifts. But at least what we do, let it be done with love, not out of obligation or heartache or whatever. Let us be joyful in this season and let us work to recover that peace and that joy which Christ gave us in His birth. Let us work to recover it in our own lives, taking advantage of this fast, taking advantage of all of the prayer services, taking advantage of reading our scripture, of praying our psalms, taking our advantage of doing service to those who are in need, to those who are around, uh, who are uh, not just in need physically, but in need spiritually, in need emotionally, in need for, for a, 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 a good word, in need for a smile, in need for, for somebody to have peace in them. Right? It just... You walk into a place and everybody doesn't have peace. But if one person has peace in their heart, you feel, you feel you are at peace. You feel that you are at peace. And the anxiety and everything that we have, you feel kind of leaving us and going away because we, we feel calmed. This is what we're giving. This is what the church is giving you. As your mother, the church is giving this to you. So take advantage of this time. Read the book of Romans. Read that first chapter of Luke, you can go on reading it over and over and over, meditate on it. On the incarnation of the Word of God, which we are studying, uh, I sent it out to you before as an audio uh, file, as well as the book is readily available both online, electronically, and in hard copy form. Take advantage of that. Everybody should be fasting. If you have no desire to fast, just fast for me. I need people to fast for me. I need a lot of help. And you can think of other people who need lots of help. There are, uh, this, this week for me was a week of lighting candles all week because every moment I felt like there was some heart-wrenching issue that was going on. People, young people dying of stage four cancer, young people in the hospital, um, people mourning the death of others. Uh, it, it's, we are living in a very difficult time and it's important for us to fast and to pray as a community. Uh, may God uh, give us the ability to hear his word, to let it take root in our heart, to allow it to, to bring fruit within us so that we can become righteous, holy people. May He give us the blessings of this, of this uh, season of the year and accept our fasting and our prayers. To Him be the glory now and ever in age of all ages. Amen. <laughs>